episode 156, The New 52's Green Team, featuring Ben, Matt, and Daniel. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Comic Book Time Machine. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, ready to travel back in time with some friends. What? Hey, we're we're together again, three of us. Can you believe it? I it's can't. Me, Matt Anderson. And who's that other guy sitting over there? Who's going to introduce himself now? Hopefully. Did we lose uh, him? Yeah, it went completely silent for like 30 seconds. Oh, I, I was just opening it up for you to introduce yourself. Oh, me? Yeah. It's me, Daniel Butcher. Now, guys, this is crazy. We we launched this podcast together in what year? Was it 2013 or 14? 14, right? Or it was 13? a while ago. I'll, I'll, I'll find that out. But what I want to tell you first is, this little fun fact of the last time the three of us were together, because each of us have been on this podcast over the years, but, and we've been in different groupings, but the last time the three of us were on one episode together, I have it right here. It looks like it was posted on September 24th, 2015. It's been (laughs) four and a half years, four and a half years since we were together. Well, that's probably the last time I talked to Ben after the divorce. Uh, was it? Were we still yeah. doing this? I don't. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, yeah. I think we got divorced uh, on Welcome to Level Seven after that episode. There. If it you makes know, you feel feel better, me and my current hobby wife are, are still in good good standing. I've messaged him already today. He's a little surly today because we can't go. You know, do things like coach, but well, Daniel, I want to ask you what year did you start coaching? Cause that's when your podcasting really diminished. Uh, I think I've been, I've been coaching for like eight years at this point. Yeah. But it's not until about three years ago that, uh, I blew up even more coaching than I was. Well, but I, I so we, I, I found it here. We, we, our first episode of comic book time machine was posted on July 21st. 2014. So we had recorded around the summer of 2014 for the first time together for this show. And then uh, we, we were still going strong for about a year and a half. And then 2015, total drop off. When did you stop doing Welcome to Level 7? I don't remember. Two seasons, maybe? Three seasons? I don't know. But you, you did, you were coaching for a couple years Yeah. while we were still doing the Welcome to Level 7. Yeah, I just wasn't to the intensity of and I, it currently is. Yeah, yeah, and I think it didn't. It hadn't blown up yet. Uh, the coaching, I mean, hadn't hadn't really gotten big until after you stopped with Welcome to Level Seven. Uh, so Ben, now that we're finally back together, yeah, are we finally able to finish Multiversity, the the the, <laughs> the event by Grant Morrison that we've been covering together here on the show. Uh, yeah, that's not what we're talking about today, is it? Why, well, why didn't we think that went through? Multiversity, what a man! What a great great uh event and the last time we talked about it was it looks like issue 
I don't know if it's issue three, but we, we have three parts of that discussion and we haven't completed it yet. I am pretty sure that I talked about what I liked the most already with that. Like, I don't okay. think the stuff afterward lived up to, cause I'm pretty oh, sure we talked about the issue that was, uh, kind of the riff on the Watchmen. Um, I, possibly. I remember, yeah. I think I'm, I'm looking right now. The last episode that we, we covered was episode 52 of the comic book time machine. And we covered the <laughs> over a hundred uh, episodes ago, Yeah, the Shazam <laughs> issue, the guidebook, and then the, uh, masterman, which is like the yep. Nazis yep. won world war two. That was a great one. Yeah. That was. So we haven't covered anything after masterman. And I actually, I love this series and how it concluded, but maybe that will be a conversation for a different day. Maybe, maybe. So we're here on quarantine, Ben. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's the interesting part. thing is as we're social distancing, it brought us together. I know. Dun, dun, I <laughs> and I, uh, the other day I was asking Daniel during a different podcast we were doing together. Well, it's for a conflict time machine, but not this episode. I was saying now that we're back together, do you think we'll start doing this more often? And he politely said, no, not at all. As soon as quarantine's over, this relationship is over again. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got stuff to do as soon as quarantine's done, guys. As soon as fields are, are, are available, um, I, I'm out there yelling and blowing my whistle. Man, uh, Ben, in Minnesota, just yesterday, as we're recording, our governor extended our stay-at-home order for an additional two more weeks. What's happening in Indiana right now? It actually sounds like they're lifting restrictions today. Uh, not completely, but listing some of the restrictions, allowing some small businesses to open. Um, I'm a little nervous about that because I know people. And so like, I just think that as as much as I would like restrictions to be lifted, I have a feeling that there's going to be people who just get stupid. So or stay stupid or get more stupid, whatever it is. But uh, yeah, that's what's happening in Indiana right now. Uh, also my, my primary job is working at a church. And so, uh, but it's a large church. We are not going to be meeting together, uh, for a long time because just because of numbers. So. Which again, I think one of the things that we're finding out is there's a lot of things we can just do differently. I mean, I'm currently, I I've been doing this for over 50 days and I'm very, very lucky in the fact that my job is one that, um, can all be done online as it turned out, and I, I lead a team that we're doing a lot of our, our work online, and we just needed to make sure that we had the proper devices and software and the proper people's hands, and we've been mostly clicking. And luckily, that's the way a lot of us have been able to function. Unfortunately, again, there's some folks that are definitely missing some incomes right now yeah, yeah. and definitely need distractions uh, along with the support. And uh, one of those ways to distract folks, Ben, is to jump in a comic book time machine. Yep. Yep. Hey, Matt, how, how are you working? Are you, is that going well for you? Yeah, it is going well. I'm able to work from home, although, uh, because of the nature of my job, my job duties are shifting quite a bit, but, uh, cause usually my job in, entails meeting with people in person. And, uh, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm doing a lot of phone calls and emails and yeah, but I am able to work from home. Okay. Yeah. I actually have been going into the office a few days a week and we've been, we've shifted over though to the online services for our church and producing uh basically i'm producing three short tv shows every every week one for preschool one for elementary and one for all ages um but it's three short the way i describe it is not public television but public access television (laughs) that's what we're producing on the quality level but 
yeah, it's it's been fun because I've been able to do those video production and film style stuff that I learned. You know, I actually am putting to use my mm-hmm. film school. So that's that's nice. Uh, I know we're going to talk about a different topic, Ben, but if we have time during quarantine, you and I have been discussing it for years. It would be great to do some Planet of the Ape comics. Planet yes. Of the Apes. Uh, now, you and I both bought That's this right. archive thing a while back, uh, but I also at a convention last year or two years ago, I bought Marvel's issue number one, which I bet is coming up eventually for you in your uh, Cosmic Comics. No. It's actually before my time frame on Cosmic Comics. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. That's why uh, we, Mention, uh, I, I'm, we do it with, with you for sure. Yeah. What? I'm listening to some of your uh, back episodes for Cosmic Comics. I got behind. And I thought you mentioned that you're going to be covering Planet of the Apes eventually, possibly. But maybe talking you just about meant- it. Yeah. I just want to talk about it. I don't want to. It's, it's not going to be part of the indexing. Question. When's that next John Carter episode coming out? It'll be a couple months. Because I have oh, to come get... on, I almost, hey, I almost hey. read ahead of you. Almost I got to read, read Star Wars and Micronauts and Shogun Warriors and Battlestar Galactica yeah. and, uh, yeah. And I'm Thanks. still waiting for the day. I mean, I've talked about this for years now, but there's a day when, or not the day, but the month where they had a Doctor Who, a Battlestar Galactica, a Star Wars, and a Star Trek comic all came out in one month. Wow, it's a bin rainbow. Man, uh, you guys mentioned Star Wars, and last week I watched with my five-year-old and my three-year-old Star Wars for the very first time, the first experience with it, and then just this morning, right before we started recording, uh, we watched Empire Strikes Back for the first time. Now, I think for for the first one, totally fine. Their ages worked. Uh, This one might have been a little bit too much for my five-year-old and three-year-old, possibly. (laughs) Uh, What Do you think I should have waited a little bit? I don't know. I think Ben and I probably had our kids watch them younger. Uh, some of my kids watched them younger and some of my kids did not. And it was really based on just what they could handle. So, yeah. 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 I should have made a better choice, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I would have I would have seen Empire Strikes Back when I was six or seven. But my sister went with us and she would have been three years younger than me. So she would have been possibly four. OK. When we, when we went and saw it in the theater. I, I, I'm just going to keep plowing through and watch uh, Return of the Jedi next week, but uh, hopefully I'm not scarring them. Uh, Daniel, why don't you give some background on why we're doing the episode we're doing today, which we haven't even announced yet. We haven't. We've told people that this was coming. No. We did. Well, we, we've told people on past episodes that aren't posted yet, so just go ahead and, and give a... <laughs> I mean, they can read the title. They can see what we're about to talk about. Right. But I mean, This I, is I where the it. time machine comes in. Like, this is yeah. all timey-wimey. Yeah. So, so, back in the past, back far long ago, when DC was on their fourth, fifth reboot, you know, like four reboots ago from where we are today, we entered a time called the New 52. In the new 52, which was what, approximately 2012? Launched in 2011. 2011. Back in the new 52, we saw such fantastic new changes as Aquaman becoming great again. But then we also saw things like Batman staying exactly the same again. And we saw Superman wear a lot of denim. It was a controversial time, a time that was eventually erased from history by convergence. 
Uh, rebirth. Rebirth. Uh, no. I have that convergence again to erase a lot of that stuff. Maybe. But a young Daniel Butcher sat with Matt Anderson one day and went through every title in the new 52. Yeah, he let me read just, them all. Let me just say it was summer 2013. You had run read everyone. So go ahead, take it from there. But one. The green team. Why did he not read the green team? Was it because it wasn't great? We'll talk about that today. Was it because <laughs> he was cheap? Well, he is. And he got them all at the library, which meant it had to be traded. And the trade for the green team was canceled all of a sudden at the library after it was requested. And he never read it till this week. Yeah, so so the plan is either before this episode or right after this episode, we'll go back and, and post that flashback episode of the New 52 conversation Daniel and I had seven years ago now. Uh, I mean, in fact, by the time we post it, it will have been seven years since we had that conversation. And so it'll be a good compliment to this episode, which finally closes the, the circle. The, the loop has been closed. We will have covered every first volume of everything from the New 52. Boom. Boom. So to to be honest, to be to give some details here, the green team was part of the original rollout. It really was. Um, you don't remember it because no one read it. And our authors with who, Matt? Oh well, I've got written by uh, Franco. Is this Art and Franco? Yep. Oh yeah. It's Art and yeah. Franco. Art and Franco. Yeah. Wait, okay. wait. So, this isn't the one written by Joe si- Joe Simon. Penciled oh, no. by Jerry Grandinetti. I hope you read the right one. Are you in first first issue specials again? Well, and then the of course. Guara. <laughs> I'm familiar with Art and Franco. Not the penciler, though. Well, and let's just start with there. Guys, uh, this was an Art and Franco book. What, the, what happened? This did not move. Because it wasn't their uh, brand, so yeah, their art. Don't, don't they do? Aren't they mostly known for their art along with their story? I think it's like Tiny mm-hmm. Titans and stuff like that. Yeah, all ages books that are fun yeah. and goofy, and or if they're not all ages, they are done in that style and riffing on the all ages books that they already have done. Because uh, like I have a Art and Franco book that was done for Micronauts and Rom and Transformers with. Uh, uh, IDW, but I don't think it was for kids because who, what kid cares about ROM and Micronauts? But, but I'm assuming it still stayed in their style. Yes. No, it was done exactly in their style and it was not part of the regular canon of that, of those series. And yeah. So that, that's why though, I mean, this, this is way off brand for them. I mean, it's teenage characters, but these are not teen, teeny Titans or tiny Titans. Yeah, or CW. I thought it was more CW. Yeah, definitely. It was very, very CW. I mean, that's one of the things that when you talk about the idea of brand is, you know, this is Art and Franco. And you'd like to think that they're going to bring an audience with them. And I have a feeling that if their audience opened this book up on day one, um, they're like, this is not my little tiny funny superheroes. Um, this isn't what I expected. And let's throw in the fact that that brand serves all ages primarily a lot of younger readers and this is not a younger reader book Matt. 
totally hit on it. This is the CW brought to a comic page. This is a, a company that's attempting to take what they're seeing some success with, with Arrow on the, on the CW and translating it into a comic book. Um, and so that's really one of my first impressions is, holy smokes, this, this book's got some chops, but it's not what I expected based on the authors on the book. And again, it's very CW, which honestly, the New 52 has CW things all the time. Yeah, well, but at the same time, I, I see them bringing in the, the the name recognition, and it's just the wrong name recognition to bring in. There are some people who appreciate them for their – like adults who appreciate what they're doing for the kids. Uh, but even if all of them are buying this, I I think that's just a small – that's a smaller niche. Well, another thing too is, you know, these are guys who have got comic book chops. I mean, they podcast about comic books. They have a lot of comic book conversations. These are two writers that I trust when it comes to bringing a comic book to life. And maybe one of the failures here is not to throw them on like real Titans or, yes. or a big name book. Like if you're going to take this dare in the new 52 and say, you know, we've got these two guys. I think that some of their, their readers who are growing up would reach out and read them. Let's put them on detectives. Let's put them on action. Let's put them on something, even a Shazam. They probably would have done great with Shazam. Yeah, I can um, see. But to basically give these guys a title that is resurrecting something that, you know, as you said, Joe Simon, I mean, hadn't been around for what, 30 years? I mean, the, the book, the, so let's talk about that. The history of this book is that there was one issue of first issue special, which was a, a pilot season kind of thing where the, let's try out the pilot episode and see if people latch onto it and like it. And it was 1975 that green team first, first issue special came out. And it was, uh, basically if it, it feels like a, a Richie rich kind of of a thing, the art style, everything. It feels like you're, you're, there's some humor in it. That's a little, little sophisticated and it works uh, as far as like some of the, um, economic, uh, discrepancies between different classes of people. There's a little bit of humor there that works, but it, uh, man, uh, if it's a kiddie book for sure, one issue characters showed up in things like ambush bug, like in one panel of ambush bug and, and things like that. Like that's, how obscure this this is that and they're resurrecting it for new 52 like <laughs> that's that's what they're doing along with a sister book which i haven't read i'm curious daniel what you think about this but the sister book being the movement so green team is about the one percent the movement is about the 99 percent. but that one lasted 12 issues did you oh, I, I never i never read it their trade it did make trade so Green Team, as far as I know, is the only one that they never traded out of okay. this time. Which actually makes this review more fun for me because I, w I would have never sought this out. But when I saw it on sale on Comixology, I reached out to Daniel because I remembered that he hadn't read it. So it's almost like this was your new 52 ho Holy Grail. You finally mm -hmm. found it and were able to read it. So well, did you? I don't know if I was seeking it that hard. <laughs> <laughs> did you read it in paper then or on, on the screen with, with Comixology? The movement or green team? Green team. 
there is no paper. Okay. All right. Yeah, they never, they never ever put it together as a trade physically. Uh, they only did it as a, as a digital one. And I'll be honest, when you say comicology, I tried to find it on Amazon just to read it in my Kindle reader, and I don't see it at all listed on on Amazon, which is shocking. That doesn't make sense. It's, they own comicology. Yeah. <laughs> So I have no idea why the systems aren't talking to each other because a lot of times I will find um, the same deals you can find on Comicology you can find on on Amazon and because again they own the company and I find it a little bit easier sometimes to manage it in my Kindle reader so but yeah I it, it, this is like the forgotten book of the New Fifty Two. Let's. I think the the question we need to answer by the end of this episode is: Does it deserve what it got? Like to be forgotten, canceled? Spoiler alert: Canceled on a cliffhanger. Yeah, a, a big cliffhanger <laughs> that I'm sure is never talked about. I mean, Daniel, you'll have to fill me in because you've read more New Fifty Two than me. But when we get to that ending, you'll have to tell me if the, if they ever address that. All right. Do, does anybody have anything else they want to add before we get to a plot real quick? I did want to ask you, do you remember what you thought about the movement? I, I went back and I looked at my notes. And? Because along with reading everything, when it comes to everything that's new in DC and Marvel, I also put a, in Goodreads at least a slug line or two, just so I can remember what I thought. Okay. And? Wait, did you tell us what you thought? So Not yet. Tell, Wait, are you going to talk about are, are you not going to? I think it's more relevant when we get to the end of this. Okay, all right, all right, cool. Perfect. Uh, well, I'll start by saying in the early issues, I was pleasantly surprised. I had low expectations going in. I knew I wanted to read this, but I wasn't expecting it to be the greatest thing ever. But I thought it, it had a, a strong start with lots of potential. Others? Uh, go ahead, Daniel. I didn't hate it. <laughs> I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. So I started reading this under a, a pretense thinking that the reason we were reading this, because you guys didn't explain to me what was going on, except to say, hey, have you read Green Team? Hey, let's talk about Green Team on the podcast. And I was like, oh, this must be something that they really, really like or that Daniel oh. has discovered and really enjoyed. And so then I'm sitting down and reading it and I didn't know until I was done reading it that you hadn't even read it yet. Oh no. Because I, I threw out that, uh, Hey, uh, okay. Book that ends on a, on a, on a cliffhanger. And then I realized, Oh, I just spoiled something by saying it ended on a cliffhanger because Daniel hasn't read it yet. So eh, it's all good. Yeah. Well, Again, and, it's been out there a long time and there's worse spoilers to get than, Right. It ends on a cliffhanger. <laughs> and it, I probably shouldn't say, just leave it as, I didn't hate it, I didn't love it. So I expected this to be really, really bad. Yeah. I mean, again, there's a reason DC didn't trade it. Uh, and when I went back and read some articles about it, people were like, it's kind of a shame no one's reading this book. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some of those. When you look at, when you look at the New 52... And the things that they were trying and the things that they were moving forward, it's definitely not the worst of the new 52. Mm -hmm. uh, it's right there in the middle of the road. Um, spoiler, the movement 
and Green Team, to me, were basically the same rating of book, same style of book. And, you know, other than maybe the Teen Titans had characters when it rolled out that I knew, uh, but they didn't even... I mean, they were building a new, new team in there, too, and a new, new concept and ideas. You know, it was... It really felt like the exact same as a lot of the DC teen books that came out in that first round of in 52, you know, it was just a regular team and they were trying to introduce new teams and new characters. And it really felt like this is what they were doing. I, I do feel like this had a good gimmick going for it. And, and that's what works as far as it being basically new characters. I mean, the characters are not the same characters as are in the first issue special from 1975. Um, they have same names, but they are not characterized the same. They don't have powers in the green team uh, in that first one. I mean, and I kind of liked the direction that was heading in once I realized what the direction was around issue seven, uh, which was, you know, the next last issue. But yeah, at first, though, the first powers that, that show up, it's basically Iron Man. It's Iron Man in a green suit. It definitely is Iron Man. And that's what, what, definitely. That was a I'm, problem for me. I'm not sure I sensed. I know we'll probably get there. So l- let's come back to that. I don't think I ever sensed exactly where it wanted to head. So I'd start saying it start that the book for me started with potential, but it got pretty sloppy as the story continued. And even though I read it in a pretty uh, tight time frame, I felt like I was missing plot points. And I didn't exactly understand how, how everything fit together. Um, you, you might be overthinking the plot. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, no, I, I would disagree a little bit, though, Daniel, I, because there were a couple issues where stuff happened in between the issues that mm-hmm. should have been on the page because you finish reading the one issue, get to the next one. And you're like, wait, what did I miss? You mean suddenly you're in Morocco? Suddenly uh, Commodore is hanging out with Deathstroke? Yes. The Deathstroke like, one is the Deathstroke one is the worst one where because at least with, when suddenly there's a scene change, you're like, OK, I, I can follow this. But there was a missing scene between <laughs> issues when Deathstroke showed up. Where like when they decided they needed to go find Deathstroke. <laughs> no, they but they didn't say that. And then all of a sudden you're in the middle of a scene and they don't give any context. Like you can drop people in the middle of the scene, but you need to give them better context than, than what they gave. It was confusing. Yeah, so in the end, I think I found it to be middle of the road. But where do you think, Ben, that it was they were planning to take it if it had kept on going. Well, I just think the whole idea of buying your powers was kind of like the, the big thing that was happening here. And, and so they're getting experimented on and they didn't know it. And now they have these powers that, um, you know, the one guy turns into a werewolf, the one, you know, and you have all the, and they're going to have to discover what their powers are, but then they have Batman's other superpower of money, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so that's where, uh, you know, they're buying solutions as they're going along. Like when that building gets attacked and to cover up what's going on, the one dude just buys the building and then says, yeah, it's a promotion for a movie, which by the way, I used in Oz Wonderland Chronicles before green team, just wow. throwing it out there. But yeah, look at you humble brag. Yeah, no, I'm not <laughs> humble bragging. I'm, I'm, I'm staking the claim. Like, yeah, I, I'm not being humble at all. Again, we keep dodging around this, so I'm just going to give everybody the plot. So the plot is a group of 
five to seven trillionaire teens slash young adults whose names don't matter because you'll never ever hear of them again. But don't worry, they fit many different demographics. Um, come together to, as Ben says, find ways to buy superpowers and maybe an old Batmobile. Um, that was fun, by the way. Decide whether or not, you know, and decide to uh, use their wealth and new powers to uh, do good in the world. Amongst all these things happening, we have drama against parents, dating, how to increase your personal wealth, loyalty. <laughs> um, and don't worry, none of these things actually matter because, as we pointed out, DC is effectively... Uh, treated the green team like the Trotsky of, of uh, Soviet Union history and ridden it up. Um, with it ends with, ready spoilers, a cliffhanger where they decide that if they want to really, really do good, they need to team up with a team that can do good and has a history of doing good in the Teen Titans. Well, it's not even team up with them. It's buy them out so they can buy the brand because it's a trusted brand green team. Yes. That's a dumb name. Let's buy a brand that people trust teen Titans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I love the audacity great. of that idea and it never goes anywhere. Yeah. And I, and it really, it, and to Matt's question, you know, like, do you see this going anywhere? You know, I read the teen Titans. I don't remember the green team ever showing up. Mm-hmm. I remember the Teen Titans dealing with their own internal drama, which oftentimes had to do with the same sorts of things we see in the green team of who likes who, how am I dealing with my powers? I have, I don't have Batman money, but can I, can I get a big boat? You know, but again, the green team never seems to, to show red Robin and Commodore. They never hang out and discuss strategy. That I remember. I would have liked to have seen where it went next, but not so much that I'm sad that it got canceled. <laughs> I think it's I think it's an interesting idea, but I almost like it as a cliffhanger. Like, all right, the the potential is better than what we would have got probably. You know what it feels like is the post credit scene of a movie franchise that never got past the first movie. You yeah. Know? So you have your main yeah. story happening. And then here's our post credit scene where they're talking about branding and they go to the Teen Titans and say, we're going to buy you. We want to buy you. And, you know, and then cut to the rest of the music for the, the end credits or whatever. Um, or lights up on the house and everyone leaves. Uh, it just felt like that kind of a thing where honestly, as a cliffhanger. Yeah, sure. I'd like to see where it goes next if I didn't have to pay <laughs> for it. But well, I, I yeah, don't worry though. You never have to find that out because it doesn't exist. Right. Because DC couldn't make this any harder to find. Well, yeah. and, and and like you said, I I tried to find. Now I hadn't read it originally, so I was trying to find like, okay, did they cross over at all? And I don't think these characters ever showed up again anyway. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they didn't either. And the thing is, is when we talk about, and you asked the crossover question, it really would have been the perfect fit with the movement. Because what my review of the movement was, is this is like Teen Titans without money. And for Green Team, 
this is what Teen Titans would be with money. Is really they really are mirrors, you know, reverse mirrors of each other, with building around this concept of what the Teen Titans were. Um, they just they have a different perspective toward the money. Well, and the movement was really again part of that whole one percent, ninety nine percent, you know, the Occupy movement. Which I read, a, I was trying to do a little bit of research to find, okay, what's going on with these books? And they wanted to kind of distance themselves from the Occupy movement, but at the same time, they called the book The Movement. So they, they weren't doing a very good job of distancing themselves from that. Uh, but I, I would have been interested to see, like, what would have the culture clash been if these two teams had, had come together and teamed up or, or what? Because if they teamed up, how could the green team not help? the movement out not help mm-hmm. out these these super teens who don't have financial resources there how would they not like work together unless there was just super personality clashes between the two groups or something well ben i don't know if you know how comics work because if that happened and you were to use your logic then the movement would no longer be able to exist as an individual concept. Exactly. That's what without economic mobility. That's what I'm saying. Like how could it just wouldn't work. Yeah. It wouldn't work unless the crossover started with them fighting and then just getting, you know, teaming up and then getting separated from each other and never meeting each other again or something like that. Well, Stanley tells us they have to fight. Right. You know, that's what Stanley taught us. They have. And so, you know, they would have fought. But you almost know, I mean, again, unlike you've been, I'm not a professional comic book writer. You know that they do that crossover and it literally ends with a member of the movement going, you know what, Commodore, your name's great. You're pretty. You may not, you may be the comic book uh, Oliver Queen from the CW. And I know you want to help us, but we got to do this our own way. So no financial support. Yeah, you're right. Maybe a, little health, maybe a little health insurance from time to time. Maybe check in with us again in 18 months. But we got to do this our way. Yeah. And we'll do another crossover in issue 50. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Everybody knew there was never going to be an issue 50. <laughs> I don't know, man. I... I'm just really curious why this was part of the new 52 in the first place. I would really like to find out if uh, Art and Franco, like if they chose this, did they create this or did DC come to them and say, Hey, we want to do a teen book about rich people, a teen book about poor people, teen Titans in the middle. Uh, Teen Titans already is claimed. So which one do you want? I think one of the things that, kind of clear from the Dan DiDio years is Dan DiDio remembers all this stuff. And so I could see him pulling out of his pocket. Hey guys, I got this thing from first issue special and I trust you guys. And I'm trying to reinforce youth in our, in our comic line. Could you give this a try? I mean, to me, it really does. It reads like a lot of the stuff that they were doing. The new 52 is they de-aged people that are trying to create a hip, cool, um, comic brand to not attract you and me and Matt, but to attract younger readers. Except they didn't realize that at that time there were no younger readers and the young adults slash late tweens that wanted to read any of this stuff. 
then we all got angry because we're old men and we wanted you know, underwear on the outside versus blue jeans. I didn't get angry. I was whatever. <laughs> I think in the end I was three. Earlier I was a three and a half. I think I lowered it to three by the end. Stars? Three stars. Out of five? Yeah, out of five. That's fair. Yep, and that's yeah, exactly well, where I'm at. Middle of the road. Yeah. It, it, it's a professional comic book. You see who the writers are, and you're like, yeah, it makes sense. It'd be a professionally done comic book. Three stars is you did your job. You followed the tropes. You laid down a, a, a suitable plot. Would I ever come back and read this again? I'm out $7. <laughs> Meanwhile, Professor Allen's like, you spent $7? Yeah, I was so. actually thinking... I could possibly see, you know, someday when my kids get into reading comic books, I could see this being something they could check out sometime. No. But why? Why? You yeah. know, they flip through and all of a sudden they're like, hey, this is a group of teens. Yeah, I, I'll check it out. Kamala and Miles will be who you reach for. Partially because there's still ongoing. There's still more story. Yep. I mean, that's that's the thing for me is these these eight issues are not really worth visiting primarily because it's so short. It's a decent story. So if you're sitting down at a doctor's office and that is on not that it's going to be, but if if that trade paperback was sitting there, which there's no paper version, uh, read it. And, and you're not like you said, Daniel, it's a professionally done professional comic book. And it's not a bad read but it's also not a great read. And so it's not something anyone I think is going to want to seek out except for me, because I was told by you guys, Hey, <laughs> let's talk about this. And I thought I was in for something great. Uh, and no, when I, I wasn't. Say, when you say seek out, you also need to remember that Matt told me that I needed to read it because I hadn't, I had read everything else and I did not even realize that it was on sale. Wow. I, I feel like I'm getting thrown under the bus here. I helped you complete a goal you had. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, if it was me, Matt, I would really appreciate it, but that's because of the completionist in me. I have to fight against that in me. I, so. I, I mean, okay, so Matt, let's compare goal. So, I mean, it's of general interest for me to be able to say I read all of the titles of the new 52. Yeah. Well, it was a goal to read every Secret Avengers comic of all times. That was different. Remember, I, I thought that out. We, we, Tore through boxes of comics. Yes. Yeah. You know, we didn't. We didn't hear. That's. You never once somebody said, you know, I really need to see if I can find quarter issues or fifty cent issues of Green Team. So it really sounds to me more like it was Matt's goal to finish talking about the new Fifty Two. That <laughs> seems like that seems like Matt. I do like completing conversations, which is why the next time we get together, Multiversity. Or Planet of the Apes. That's yeah. yeah. I'm out. <laughs> hey, can I tell you one of my favorite parts about this book? Yes. Is this logical thing that it just totally makes sense where one of the guys just bought a Batmobile on the black market. Yeah. Like that when the Batmobile shows up, oh, I'm like, oh, no, give no, no. me a break. Come on. This, and and then no, they explain no, 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 where no. it came from. I'm like, oh, this makes sense. They just See, someone dug it up from market. the Gotham River. <laughs> River. You say black market. I was of the impression that he actually sent somebody to go. Oh, maybe he did. Maybe he did. 
no, but I here, think he's, they got it from, like, it, they fished it out of a river or something. Right. It looked like I mean, he buys from, a lot of stuff on the black market, but I also get the feeling that, specifically the Batmobile, he intentionally went after Well, whatever it was, it was Batman 89 style, right? Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. It was the 89 Batman or Batmobile. So then, after I'm done reading Green Team, I'm reading Batman versus Aliens, okay? And in Batman versus Aliens, he flies in in a bat wing to the jungle, jumps out of it to go and and he's going into the jungle and programs the bat wing to land in a river where it's going to be buried, you know, underwater and that no one can. And I'm just it was so funny to me because we had just read this book where they're talking about digging up, you know, lost Batman memorabilia. It's a crossover. <laughs> and then he goes and does the exact thing that allowed them to do it in green team. There you go. Well, well is there any, any final thoughts on the green team? I, here's what I'd say. I see the potential. I didn't hate the read, but in the end it was pretty middle of the road. And for me, I'm just enjoying, Hey, you know, talking about crossover, we're back. All the three of us. I know. This is kind of fun. I haven't talked to Daniel voice to voice. I mean, we've been on Facebook talking to each other almost nonstop since since podcasting stopped yeah. together. But um, this is the first time voice to voice in years. Well, so that's that's fun. Really? Well, yeah. Ben, just remember, I'm here until I'm allowed to go outside again. So maybe that'll happen before Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. starts up, but maybe it won't. And then okay. we'll... I think maybe you've got a message about that. I did. I did get a message about that. So, Agents of Shield final season starts here at the end of May. I'm uh, I'm behind. I'm catching up on Netflix right now, so I can be ready for the final season. I'm rewatching. I've rewatched the entire series with my kids, and so oh. we are in final season, and we're watching Agent Carter as well because Souza from Agent Carter is going to be in Agents of Shield in this last season. And I, and we're going to resolve that cliffhanger. Fine. Uh, no, we're not. No, they no, won't. But man, what a missed opportunity if they don't. Well, I think they're about a decade off. Yeah, but you know, you could still throw in at least a line about how I accidentally yeah, I, I accidentally shot my friend. I think it's a, isn't it a decade before that shooting? Uh, they are coming in a decade before the shooting, but I believe there's going to be. Uh, time hopping in this season. No, let's hope so. So I, I think we're going to visit different time periods, and I believe that we're going to see Souza after uh, the Agent Carter years. Hey, can you, I? You know, what, you know what, Ben? Maybe, and I'm just throwing that out here because again, I'm not going anywhere. Maybe we need to have a episode of Welcome to Level Seven where we discuss Daniel two years later. What's your thoughts on Agent? Yeah, there's because maybe I'm not as tense, or maybe I am, <laughs> or maybe maybe I'm a hot mess, or maybe not, <laughs> or maybe not. It's been more than two years, right? It's got to be more than two years. I feel like it's you got two and a half, three, three at least. Yeah, which yeah. Uh, speaking of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because of the quarantine, uh, we didn't get to go see Black Widow last night. Oh, yeah. It was supposed to, wasn't it next week? It was this weekend? I thought it was next weekend. It's this weekend. Oh. Yep. It was, well, it would have been released today on Friday, uh, but there would have been the early show yesterday. That Right. 
that I was going to miss. I, this is going to be the first Marvel Cinematic Universe movie that I did not see opening night because but I was going to be don't. at a conference with people who didn't want to go see it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is the same conference that <laughs> we went to the late show of um, Infinity War because I wanted to go and a couple other people were like, okay. And so the church paid for us to go and <laughs> as part of like, you know, just being part of this conference. Uh, so we went to the late show of a three hour movie, but uh, not enough people cared about it. So I was going to have to wait until tomorrow, Saturday to go and see it with my kids. But now we have to wait till November. November it is. All right, uh, I want, guys, I think we need to wrap this up. We do. I'm ready to go. I'm about to go eat some lunch, but I just want to say real quick. I, now that I'm on quarantine, I've been reading through some of my uh, short box comic books. So we're talking about issues here that I have uh, from the past and from current days. So I just want to quickly give to the listeners some of the things I'm reading. And then whoever writes in and requests a certain uh, conversation, I'll give it to them. Because I feel like I'd like to see more feedback from the comic book time machine listeners on what they want to hear. So I'm going to give some options real quick. Here we go. I, I have a bunch of amalgam comics from the 90s that I haven't read yet. I, I have the JLA, JLA Avengers crossover event. This is Marvel versus DC from the early 2000s. I've got a bunch of what ifs that Daniel and I have collected at the comic book conventions. Still reading through the original clone saga with Spider-Man. Um, and now for more current things, I haven't yet read Batman Last Night on Earth, which is a Scott Snyder project. And I haven't read Batman The Curse of the White Knight, which is a Sean Murphy project. So listeners, comment on the Facebook page or email us and let me know what do you want to hear me talk about here? on the comic book time machine. You guys want it? You guys could weigh in too, if you want. Yeah. I was just trying what to think. I don't, I'm a big, big, big fan of what ifs. Yeah. Me what too. If? Yeah. Can't wait for that show. What I know if? it's still in process. I, you know, a lot of things have been shut down during quarantine, but they're still working on what if from afar. Yeah. Cause it's animated. They don't have to shut down the, the set anyway. So. All right. Uh, yeah, let's take this home, Daniel. Be safe, kids. Make good choices. Matt? So long, folks. <laughs> this is Matt Anderson signing off. And I'm going to say thanks for listening and Godspeed. <laughs>